You are listening to Feast Radio, bringing God's love and grace on air. Listen to significant and heartfelt messages you can reflect on and pray about. May this message help prepare you to face challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself up to God's unlimited blessings. Do you feel God's love in this place? Oh, wow, how he responds to our hearts and to everybody. And I want you to welcome everybody who has come to this place and even those watching online. Can we greet each other? Welcome to the family. Welcome home. Welcome to the light of Jesus family. The feast is our gathering. Welcome home. Welcome to the family. And uh, we want to greet those people who are attending or watching for the first time. If it is your first time, could you just raise your hand and we would like to recognize you. Hi, welcome, hello. Hi, hi, those people at the back. Hi, welcome, thank you. We pray that uh, you may grow with us and be nourished by the peace. Together, we will build our family here. And uh, it's, it's beautiful that the people of God are singing that, that we're saying to God, we long for you, Lord. And uh, thank you for being part of this family. Again, those people are even watching online. Thank you for being part of this family. And it's such a beautiful time. Amen? We are going to go through our talk series. And we're still in Exodus. And the title is Special Delivery, Lessons and Inspiration from the book, of Exodus. How many are here who has been there since the very start? And we are on talk number eight, by the way, guys. Thank you. And if you have missed some, you can backtrack in the different social media pages of the Feast Bay area. And you can just watch us different builders uh, preaching the word. And I, I want you to connect. Everybody say connect. My request and my exhortation for you is to, to try to connect every single Sunday. Because the truth is, everything is connected. It's not just one time on Sunday, we feel good, it looks nice, Brother Bo looks nice, Brother Didoy sounds nice, and the music is nice. It's, it's, it's not just one event. It is a daily life. As, as Father has said earlier, it's not just the... It's not just, you know, one day to die, but it's the every day that we can live. Family is not every Sunday. Family is every day. Amen? And, and, and God is every day. God is not just on a Sunday. Okay. So, let's pray our favorite prayer in the feast. We love this prayer. This is our declaration of God's love, God's abundance, and this is our family prayer. Are you ready? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Stretch out your hands as a sign of surrender and trust and love for God. Together declare, Today I receive all of God's love for me. Today I open myself to the unbounded, limitless, overflowing abundance of God's universe. Come on. Today I open myself to God's blessings healing and miracles today i open myself to god's word so i become more like jesus every day and today i proclaim that i am god's beloved come on i am god's servant i am god's powerful champion and because i am blessed i am blessing the world in jesus name amen keep it up and sing to god thy word is 
is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Put your hands to your heart and have that connection with the Lord today. Father, speak to us. Our hearts, our minds, our spirits are open to you. Do your will. Build what you have to build. Break what you have to break. Speak to us. We, your family, your children, are listening to your voice. Transform us to the best human being, the best person that you want us to be. We're receiving your presence. We declare and affirm your presence in this place. We are yours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you believe it, give the Lord a big, big hand. Hallelujah. So excited, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Take your seats. As you take your seat, uh, can we give a big hand to all our servants? Thank you, dear servants. Not just on the stage, but from the back. And those people who are serving even online, thank you very much. And can you remind the person beside you, sabi mo sa kanya, makinig ka ha? And say to that person beside you, God will definitely speak to you today. First part of the talk, Brother Bo Sanchez. Thank you, Didai. So good. So I came from Indonesia, and we have an amazing, amazing presence there. I was, there, there are two feasts in Indonesia. One is an English feast, and half of them would be Filipinos, and the other half would be different, different uh, nationalities. And then there's this other feast that's all Indonesians. And so it is absolutely wonderful. We had, we had a feast conference there last week, and there were 2,000 people, 100% Indonesians. And it, it was just mind-blowing what God is doing there. We invited the, our feast builder there, who's Indonesian, to come and preach to us next week in our feast conference. You're going to meet him. And he will be preaching in pure Bahasa, Indonesia. But his wife will be there and she will be translating in English. So it will be, be an experience for all of us. And then I went to Singapore. And in Singapore we have six feasts. And beautiful, beautiful presence. I met with the leaders. Uh, fantastic, dedicated people. Amazing commitment. God is at work. Amen? He really is at work. We had to cut short my trip in Singapore. You know, I, I, I'll tell you the story. I was, I was still working in Singapore. I was giving an online talk. And then we were, Ben and I were doing a podcast for our feast builders. So, so I was in the hotel room in Singapore. And then my wife was monitoring her father. Because in the morning, 84 years old, my father was complaining. My father, uh, Daddy Ruben, we call him. He had a um, difficulty in breathing. Tapos masakit yung chest niya. So he said, please rush me to the ER. And uh, Mom and Linda brought him there. Morning. And then the doctor said, angioplasty right away. And at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, uh, in the middle of the angioplasty, um, he died. 
And I, I still remember, you know, so Benny and I were doing the podcast and Atisha um, uh, was there also, uh, the, the girl who was leading worship. So we were doing the podcast and then, and then my wife started weeping, sobbing, and uh, I knew there was something wrong. And I just want to share that 84 years of, of a, a beautiful life, a life lived with, that's something I want, I'm, I'm not going to share right now. <laughs> um, I'm, not supposed to, I'm supposed to preach this talk. But let, let me share with you something that Father Willie was sharing to us yesterday. And, and it, 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 was, it was so good. I, I need to share it with you. Um, he had a theology professor. Tapos, sinabi ng theology professor niya, Ayun ng salitang condolence. You know, when, when somebody passes away, he does not want to say condolence. He wants to say congratulations. And it, it's kind of off, right? It's like, yeah, right. You know? but, but he explained, he said, congratulations because Daddy Ruben has graduated from all the pain and all the suffering you know, and, and all the tears. And tama naman, di ba? Tama naman. Congratulations. Tama. You know? So, kailan mo sasabihin yung condolence? Pagkasal. Wedding. Diba? Wedding. Because when you get married, you die to yourself. Oh. Ha? Condolence. But then that's what, that's what I realized as, as I was hugging my wife the first time she found out that her, her father passed away and iyakin talaga yung misis ko. No? Until now, every hour she will cry. You know, and, and I'm there, I'm hugging her. But, but at the same time as I hug her and as I speak to her, you know, what, what really comforts us is that, yes, congratulations, he is with the Lord. And this is not the end. This is the beginning. And that, you know, we're going to see him again. In fact, the connection between him and us is even more real, more palpable in the sense that the, the love is perfected and that he will continue to pray for us. Anyway, I, I need to go into our message for today. Um, but thank you so much for all your congratulations and condolences. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'd like to talk about talk number eight, which is very, very before I dive into talk eight, can I, can I give a business lesson? Is that okay? Because in the Truly Rich Club, we teach entrepreneurship. How many of you here want to become entrepreneurs? Raise your hand. Do you? Okay, very good. One of the most common questions people ask me is this, Brother Bo, me and my friends, we're going to get into a business. Are business partnerships okay? And then they'll tell me the story of how three of their friends or five of their friends or eight of their friends are chipping in money because of this wonderful business idea. And then they'll divide up the responsibilities and it's going to be fun. And, and then they ask me, is it okay? The first thing I tell them is this. 
Business partnerships are like marriage. Like marriage. Ask me why. You don't marry on the first date. Yes or no? No, you're not crazy. You want to get to know the person. And you want to you have a courtship process. Very, very important. In the same way, when you are thinking about a business partnership, you really have to get to know people. Can I give you some bad news? This is what I tell people who ask me that question. Are business partnerships okay? And, and, and the second thing I tell them is this. Bad news. In the first year alone, 50% up to 80% of business partnerships fail. They fail. That's horrible, right? Ask me why do they fail? Many reasons. But let me give you two of the most common ones. Number one, the partners have different values. Number two, the partners, they do not trust each other. Did you get me? So imagine you're two business partners, and one business partner says, yung mga empleyado ko, mga pawns lang yan. Gamitan lang yan. If you don't need them, you get rid of them. The other business partner says, no, my employees are my family. Do you understand the conflict that will happen? And so when partners don't have the same values, you're going you're gonna to have a business failure. And, then when, and because they have different values, then they do not trust each other. Today in our message, I want to preach to you something that the Bible preaches. The Bible shouts from the rooftops in every single page. Everybody say, I'm listening. God wants you to be his partner. I want you to chew on that thought. It's a staggering thought. Why would the Almighty God, the owner of the universe, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the Alpha and Omega, the first and last, the beginning and the end, the Savior of mankind, why would He come up to you and say, can we be partners? Can we? My dear friends, there are business partnerships that work. And if they work, the business will fly to the moon. And why? Again, ask me why. Because of synergy. This, this phenomenon called synergy, where one plus one is not equal to two. One plus one can equal to three and five and ten and ten thousand. And I want to believe, and I believe this, but because we have this amazing senior partner, our partnership with God can also work in that way. Today what I want to share is, can you put your hand over your chest? I want to make this real for you. Everybody say, I'm God's partner. This partnership will also fail for two reasons. Number one, when we do not value what God values. Are you listening to me? And number two, when you do not trust 
your senior partner. That's when the partnership fails. Now, let's backtrack. Where are we in our story? God invites the people of Israel up the fiery summit, and He says, come up. What do the people say? No, thank you. Why, why didn't they want to go up the fiery summit? They did not trust in God. Does God reject them? No. God woos them. God courts them. God says, I still want to have a partnership with you. Come on. And so what He does is this. He gives, this is where the Ten Commandments come, come up. Exodus, let's read Exodus chapter 20 together. One, two, three, go. Then God gave the people all these instructions. Everybody say the word instructions. Together. I am the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of slavery. You must not have any other God but me. You must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or of an image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea. Go on. You must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. The Lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse His name. Number eight, verse eight. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Twelve, honor your father and your mother. Then you will live a long life, full life in the land of the Lord your God is giving you. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely against your neighbor. You must not covet your neighbor's house. You must not covet your neighbor's wife, male or female servant, ox, donkey, or anything else that belongs to your neighbor. My dear friends, we are very familiar with this. Raise your hand if you're kind of familiar with this. You, you study this in religion, yes? It is very different if you know the context, everybody say context, by which this was given. Why? Everybody say why. Why did God give this to Israel? How did He give it? When did He give it? Where did He give it? And then you will realize, oh, the Tenth Commandment. By the way, in the Hebrew Bible, it was not called the Ten Commandments. It was called the Ten Words. They were the ten words of the terms of partnership that God wanted them to have. It was all about partnership. The reason why there are such a thing as what we call Ten Commandments, which the Bible calls Ten Words, is because God wants to have a partnership with us. Partnerships fail when partners have different values. So what God was saying is, here are my values. I'm revealing to you my heart. Can we be partners? These are my values. What are the values? Another way of looking and, and defining the Ten Commandments or the Ten Words would be like this. They're like the Bill of Rights. Do you know what your rights are as a citizen? You have the right to vote. Yes? You have the right to free speech. Yes? You have the right to free trial. Yes. The 10 words are like the Bill of Rights with a huge difference. Ask me what? 
The ten words are not your rights. They're the rights of your neighbor. Everybody say, ah. They're not your rights. They're the rights of the person beside you. Ask me why. Here it is. Because God values your neighbor. God values you and equally the person beside you. And so loving God and loving your neighbor are just two sides of one coin. You want to love God? You've got to love your neighbor because he values that neighbor. And I'd like to, I'd like to point, I'd like to put a comma here and I'm going to ask Didoy to continue preaching. Didoy, come on. Woo. Thank you, Brother Bo. Powerful. Touch someone beside you and say to that person, God values your neighbor. And then, ngitian mo yung katabi mo, Hey, neighbor, you're so valuable. Mm -hmm. God loves your neighbor. And that is you and me. And can you just again remind each other, God loves you. And we cannot help but to respond to that by loving each other too. The ten words spell out the rights of your neighbor in the different areas of our lives. Relationships, work, family, property. Some are very pretty basic. For example, don't murder. Kailangan pa bang i-memorize yan? You, you, you cannot kill someone because that person is valuable. It's obvious. But, you know, imagine if there is a community, a, a, a village that we can just freely kill one another. That is not in God's heart. It's, it's not there. And there are other commandments that are more subtle. So, for example, when God says, don't bear false witness. Question mark. It's not just about lying. Let me explore further. It's, 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 like, it's like, how do I answer my wife when she says to me, Mataba na ba ako? Tumaba ba ako? Do I look fat in this dress? Guys, one of the most dangerous questions in the world. You don't have any answer to that. Walang lusot doon. Kanina si Brother Bo, nakalusot siya eh. Ito, wala. What is bearing false witness? What does that mean? Probably in a story. So for example, there were two project leads, John and Patrick. And then John said, accused Patrick of, Hey, you got my ideas. And then they were in a town hall, the CEO were there, the management team were there and said, you stole my ideas, I should have gotten that married. And then Patrick says, there's no stealing at all. The idea is originally mine. You? You do not amount to anything. You cannot have ideas like that. That's bearing false witness. The younger generation calls it in the form of gaslighting, psychological manipulation. It all falls under this command. 
And these guys, these commands are also based in Genesis. So let me say it. In the first book of the Bible, that, that's why I was saying earlier, everything is connected. Can you say that with me? Everything is connected. It's all rooted even from the very start. The ancient writers used Genesis as their lens as they wrote the rest of the Bible, the books of the Bible. And, and if you will see in Genesis further, God revealed that He valued us humans. He valued us very, very much. So each of these 10 words connect to what was already in Genesis. For example, when God says, don't steal, it means God has already given us that we can manage to steward. When we work and we own, we end up owning things so that when someone steals from the neighbor, we, the thief prevents his neighbor to rule what he owns. Are you with me? So he's going against what God has intended for us humans. So for example, further, when God says, don't commit adultery, God in Genesis already said that a husband and a wife become one. And God values that oneness. Adultery tears that apart, does not honor that oneness. God says, do not desire your neighbor's wife or do not desire your neighbor's goods, house, car, whatever. Genesis used the exact words when Eve, Adam and Eve, when Eve desired the fruit of the tree. And we desire the wrong thing. Remember this. We desire the wrong thing because we do not trust God that it will satisfy our deepest needs. That God will satisfy our deepest needs. And one more. One more very misunderstood uh, word. What does it mean to misuse God's name? When in, in the Bible says, you must not misuse the name of the Lord. It, that's the translation in NLT. What does it mean to misuse? Everybody say misuse. Some would always say, oh, it's about, you do not say OMG. It doesn't say, you know, Susmer Yosef or Jews Kupo or G-Demet. But there is... Could there be something much, much deeper than that? So let me further explain. In Hebrew, the literal translation of this verse is this. Do not carry the name of the Lord in vain. Everybody say, carry. It doesn't sound right. Do you carry a name? Do you, right? So if you keep on reading, everybody say, context. If you keep on reading the Exodus, you will understand. Because God gave the 10 words and He talks, after God gave the 10 words, He talks also about the high priest. Here's a picture of the high priest. And when the high priest performs his duties, he doesn't wear jeans, polo lang, and sneakers just like today. Some of you binabati ako, relax na relax ka today. Uh. Now, sometimes I wear a coat because I feel like I'm doing business with the Lord. Like God is wants to partner, right? So, naghanap lang ako na excuse. 
But the high priest, going back, he wears an elaborate apron. He, he wears precious stones in the middle of his chest. Twelve, actually, to represent the twelve tribes of Israel. And, and in his, that elaborate apron has gold, gold threads and, you know, in his forehead, I don't know if you can see it, in his forehead, he wears a gold medallion. And it's strapped on his turban. And there are words there that says, set apart for Yahweh. Another way of saying it is belonging to Yahweh. In Tagalog, sa Yahweh. The high priest, I'll do anything that I can to get your attention. This is very important. It's hard talk. I'm trying my best. All for the Lord. Amen. The high priest carried God's, carried God's name on his forehead on behalf of the whole of the tribes of Israel. That is very important. That person is set apart. So that's why the second word or the commandment says, do not take the name of the Lord in vain. It is connected to our purpose that we are His partners. We are His representatives. We show that we are in His image faithfully. God created us. God created us as His image. And again, imago dei, because God's reputation is on the line. He has to say that these are the terms of our partnership. It matters to me. And anything we do to our neighbor is going to affect how others see God. The way we love one another, that's how others would see how God loves us. Am I making sense to you? How we, the junior partners, act, it will represent how the senior partner makes decisions. Are you with me? And if you, our partnership with God is to work, you must value what your senior partner has told us, the values that he has showed to us. God is committed to your neighbor, and so you should too. So we should too. That's why we cannot murder, steal, covet, harm other people. Because we represent God. And that is why the second word is also connected to the first word. The first commandment is, You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything. Everybody say image. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. Why are there no images allowed? Because God has already made an image. Look at the person beside you. You and your neighbor. That is God's image. Every human is a picture of God. I want you to look at the person beside you. That is a picture of God. Whether you like it or you really, really like it. <laughs> to love God, we love our neighbor. We must 
But to love our neighbor, you must trust that the senior partner knows what he's doing. He know, we trust that when God gave His word, it is for our good. How many of you can relate to me when I say it is very tough to be faithful to God? It is very tough to be a Christian, a follower of Christ. It's very tough not to steal, not to lie or bear false witness. It's very tough not to covet your neighbor's and wife or it's hard. It's tough following God. And welcome home, guys. We are in the we are in a family where let's go together. Let's 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 go through it together. Let's build together. Let's suffer together. Let's let's try it together. But the good news today is God knows that already. Can you touch the person beside you and say to that person, God knows you're having a hard time. <laughs> that is when when the ten words, they are not the last things that God said. You have to remember, you have to appreciate the narrative here. There was another ten before the ten words, the ten commandments. There was the ten plagues. Egyptians, Israelites came from Egypt. God got them out of Egypt. That's the narrative. You know, just to, just to give you a, a narrative. From, from, from the fire to fire. The burning bush, God called Moses, take the Israelites out of Egypt. Pharaoh said, no! And then God said, ten words that turned out to be the ten, ten words of decreation. And, you know, God got them out of Egypt. There was a turnaround. There was the Red Sea. Do you remember that? They eventually got across. And last week we were preaching, God invited them to a burning mountain. And people said, no! Of course of course. But God does something new. And that is the word today. God allows us to be with Him. Actually, this is what God said. Here it is. Have the people of Israel build me a holy sanctuary so I can live among them. You must build this tabernacle and its furnishings exactly according to the pattern that I will show you. And that, my friend, if you do not get it, let me remind you, that is the reminder of God's amazing compassion. The Israelites chose to not to climb the mountain. They chose to listen to their fears than to their faith. But, but God... In His infinite mercy, love, and goodness, He went down from that burning mountain and said, I want to live among them. The tabernacle became, became this special place which God used, where God dwelt with them at the foot of the mountain. Ayun yung umakyat, ako na lang ang bababa. Wow, what a partner. I'm going to live among you. Later, this tabernacle that they built, that God has instructed, it went wherever they went. I will be with you wherever you go. And in their long journey through the wilderness until they eventually reach the promised land, 
it would be their portable temple. It is where God's presence is. They would carry God's presence and God's name. So the next thing that I want you to be reminded of is this. The idea of that tabernacle is it, it flips our well-known Christian thinking. It's a phrase that I'm sure that you have heard before. We may have heard before, which it's a half-truth. I want to correct it now. When we say God cannot have anything to do with sin or that sin cannot be in God's presence, that is not true. These are dangerous half-truths if we believe it. Because through this example, through the tabernacle, God declared, I will dwell with my sinful people. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. God pitched His tent in the territory of sin. That is not the devil's, the evil one's territory anymore. That is my territory. Look at the person beside you. Remind that person with a loving tap on the shoulder and say, You are God's territory. Oh, man. By, by dwelling in us, God calls every human, You are my neighbor. And so, yes, God loves His neighbor. And that is you and me. And through His presence, He redeems humanity. He recreates humanity. He redefines our partnership. And so, guys, the impossible mission becomes very possible because of this partnership being offered to us by the Lord. And it, the partnership doesn't just because it's a command. No, the partnership has a bonus. And the most important thing is that the presence of God in that partnership. God gave us 10 commandments, 10 words. And if He only gave us those 10 words and 10 commandments, we're doomed. We're not gonna pass. We're gonna be left out. We're not gonna... We cannot. How many of you are, have sinned against God and against your neighbor? Yung hindi nagtaas, get ready. End times, sabi ni Father Albert, ay Father Pao kanina. No, 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 no. The reminder is this. God did not just give us His commands. He gave us His presence. He gave us His commitment. He gave us His power. He gave us His love. God is committed to you. And God is committed to your neighbor. And so we should be too. And that is God's word today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We live it. We try. And if you fast forward to the New Testament, we met Jesus, who is Emmanuel, God with us. Word became flesh, dwelt among us. The Gospel of John opens with these words. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. And in another version of the Bible, it says, He made His home among us. Say to the person beside you, Welcome home. Those people watching online, we know you're there. Welcome home. And this is, and in Paul's 
message to the Colossians. In the New Testament, it says, this is the secret. Christ lives in you. Because our senior partner lives in us, we now have that power of that senior partner to be faithful to this partnership, to this relationship, to love God and to love our neighbor. And through the cross and the resurrection of Jesus, He shows us what it means to fully commit to God and to sinful humanity to show us a way moving forward. How it is to love our neighbor? To die. To die to ourselves. Just like Jesus did. Dying to ourselves leads to eternal life. The Ten Words, the Ten Commandments are not there to inhibit us, to prevent us. It is actually the partnership that is offered to us so that we could have good lives, good relationships. Are you ready to respond to Him today? May I ask you to stand? And if we look at Jesus, if you look at Jesus, he guides us to be the kind of human that we are called to be. He, he, he shows us the way, the truth, and the life. Guys, God wants you to be His partner. I'm going to sum up the talk in two words. Partnership and presence. Partnership and presence. God is re-inviting you and reminding you that the partnership has already been there from the very start. Has already been there since the time of the Israelites, the people of God, to us now, the people of God. There is a partnership. You know, when I think about this, I get emotional a little bit. Because I realize how we've failed as partners. We're always wanting something from our senior partner. We always want this, we want that, we don't want that, we hate that, we gaslight each other, how we dishonor this partnership. And we think it's hurting us. But actually, it's our partnership to that life everlasting, to that fullness of life that Jesus has promised. How many times does God need to remind us? I'm so just grateful that His compassion, His mercy is new every morning. That's why I love attending the feast because even I, as a preacher, I get nourished. I get reminded that, hey, God has a partnership with me, with you. And, and again, He does not abandon us. His presence is in you and me. Do not be afraid, for I will go with you wherever you go. I invite you to respond. And ask you this question. 
Do you want this partnership? And how committed are you in this partnership? And remember, God is dwelling among us. How lovely are the dwelling places of God. So today, let's love God and love our neighbor as He has loved us first. Let's look to Jesus and our prayers, Lord, I want you. Yes! Oh, yes to our partnership. Thank you, God. Thank you for not giving up on me. Thank you for not abandoning us. Thank you for you've always been good despite the times we are not good. But you always believe in us. You have never failed us despite we have failed you. Let's come into prayer. Lift your hands, if you will, as a sign of trust, as a sign of yes in this partnership. And Lord, we are aware, we are now made aware again that your presence is here. And we don't have to look very far, but we look within and we look with each other. Our prayer, we want you. No one else, Lord. We want you. Thank you, Lord, that despite our sins, despite our arte, our indifferences, despite us being hurtful to others, you are our constant, who's always loving, faithful, and true, not giving up on us. So receive your family's prayer now. We're lifting our eyes, our voices, our songs, our whole spirit, body, mind, heart, and soul to you. And we want you. We want you. I want you. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Subscribe to Feast Radio and open yourself to God's grace. For more podcasts like these, visit feast.ph slash radio.